Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Well, stand with me if you would, please, and all of you watching online, just stand there in your hospital room, because I know that's why you're not here. Just stand with us. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today, I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe seed. We're so glad you're here. <clears throat> so thankful for those of you watching online and those who will be watching this during the week and in the weeks to come. I hope it's a message that will be one that you would repeat. Repetition is the mother of learning. Uh, so when you read a Bible, the Bible, or you hear a message and you hear it again and again, sometimes that's when it really sticks. And, uh, you know, I used to read the Bible through every year. Matter of fact, every year I read it through twice. And every time I read it through, I learned something new. And uh, so it just never gets old hearing the Bible, being in church with people like you. And uh, it's always a wonderful experience. And to see a crowd like this on a Sunday really excites me. And uh, it, it really does because I know God is moving and our prayers are being answered and that I believe yours are going to be as well. I've been talking about creating a, a right perception. Uh, all of us uh, carry around with us perceptions that oftentimes were created by the families that we were brought up with, the community that we lived in, the culture that we were around, the schools we attended. Uh, those perceptions were put in us. And my, my parents used to say that, and I don't know that I like this saying, but, but it kind of stuck with me. We are often a victim of our environment and that, that can change is when you decide to no longer be a victim. Uh, but our perceptions were created uh, by those things that we were surrounded with as, by, as young people. And sometimes we, we try to change things and, and we just quit. And I'm reminded of this story. There used to be uh, this bully who would demand my lunch money every day. This one kid tells the story. He says, since I was smaller... I would give it to him. Then I decided to fight back. I started taking karate lessons. But then the karate lesson guy said I had to start paying him $5 a lesson. So I just went back to paying the bully. <laughs> so oftentimes when we decide to change, uh, we find that, that it's not easy that way either, and we just quit. And let me just say this, and I'll try to be as encouraging as I can be today, but any type of growth or any type of, of change in our life will be met with opposition. It will be met with criticism. It will be met with all kinds of things that, that we have to overcome. And if you're not being challenged by something or someone, you're probably not becoming the person that you want to become. You see, sometimes people that are against you and, and knowingly against you really are some of the best people in your life because you have to 
uh, check yourself, and you have to ask yourself the question, am I who they say I am? Am I going to become the person they want me to become? Or am I going to become who I know God wants me to be? And it's important that you change your perception first of God. If you perceive God as someone who's distant, someone who doesn't care, someone who really is going to judge you for every mistake you make and punish you for every flaw in your life and that God, that's what God's all about is to keep you in line, then you don't have a right perception of God. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And, and that's how much he loves you. He, he gave his only son so that all of us who believe in him won't perish but have everlasting life. God's perception, my perception of God, I never heard Philippians 1, 6, he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I never heard that, that his plans were to prosper me and not harm me, plans to give me a hope and a future. I never heard that. So my perception of God was that he was eventually going to come back and I probably wasn't going to get a ticket on the bus. And uh, because I knew who I was, and I had a real perception of me. And honestly, my perception of me was probably pretty right on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, because I, I didn't think more highly of myself, I thought less of myself uh, than, than I really probably should. I thought, you know, because I, I, I was not in, in the top 10% of my little graduating class of 54. I mean, can you imagine being, walking out and, and you're 10 years out of school and you're going, I was a valedictorian in my class. How many? 54. Oh, yeah, that was big. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not minimizing the fact that you were at the top of the class, but our class had no class. So I had to realize there wasn't a whole lot to boast about. I boasted I made it. You know, when I graduated, it was simply I made it. And, and so we have this I made it mentality most of our life. I made it. And uh, I got by. I'm average. Well, you know what? You may think you're average, but your daddy didn't create you average. You may be living average, but you're not average. There is heavenly potential inside you to exceed everything you ever thought you could do or be Everything somebody else thought you could do or be, there's more in you than that. And, and some people don't want to hear this because it raises the bar and says, I can be better. I'm not who I want to be today, but guess what? I'm not who I used to be, and even more, I'm not who I'm going to be. And you say, well, that's just puffing stuff. Let me just tell you something. You need to speak to yourself like who you want to become, not who you've been and not who you are. And that God is cheering you on. And the Bible says that the saints of heaven are there, and, and, and they're cheering you on. They're leaning over the balconies of the cathedrals of heaven, and they're cheering us on. But most of the time, we don't hear the cheers. We hear the criticism. We hear the doubt. We hear the unbelief. We hear the judgment of everything we've done wrong and all the bad things that we've done in our lives. And nobody ever forgets those. And they don't want you to remember the things you've done well. Matter of fact, they want to keep you down. And, and it's really not them because I don't believe anybody's bad. I just believe there are people that do bad things. Because if we're all created in the image and likeness of God, we have the DNA of heaven in us. 
and we have the potential that God put in us. But we don't always behave that way. And let me tell you why we don't. Our perception of self is wrong. You say, well, you know, my brother got the looks, and, you know, my sister was smarter than me. You know, I just somehow lost in the family picture here. That's what the devil wants you to believe. You see, your battle's not against your mom and dad. You might have been abused growing up. You might have been neglected. Your dad might have left. And as a result of that, you think you're not valuable because he didn't show you any value. And, and you'll never forget it. And I hear people say, I'll never forget. Well, you know what? You're confessing exactly what you're going to do. You're not going to forget because you said you wouldn't. But God will erase memories out of your mind if you'll say, you know what? I remember this. The blood of the Lamb washed me, cleansed me, and renewed me, and made me new. I refuse to remember the things that were done wrong and the things I've done wrong and the ways I've been done wrong. I'm not living in the shadows of those anymore. I've decided that I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move on regardless of what anybody says. And it takes a lot, and it takes time, and it takes tenacity. It takes persistence. It means never giving up, never quitting, never stopping. And we do have bad days, and we have bad moments, and we have those times that we fail, and we feel defeated, and we made mistakes. And trust me, there's nobody that's going to remind you more about those than people who hate your guts. And some of you don't think anybody hates you, but I can promise you they do. Your perception of other people is wrong, and your perception of God is wrong. God always loves you, and everybody else doesn't. And I'm standing up here by the grace of God today. That's the only reason I get to do what I get to do. It's not because I'm good, but because God is great, and His grace is endless. And, and, and when I refer to my past and dark times in my life, I refer to them only to rub it in the devil's face to say, you remember that? Yeah, I remember it too, but it didn't beat me, and you'll never beat me. I stand up because God stood up in the person of Jesus. And that we're going to stand and what brings glory to God, some of the greatest glory that God will ever get. Is seeing a person like you or me that says, you know what? I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I keep getting up because he rose up so that I could get up. And I'm going to stand up and I'm going to speak up. I'm not going to give up. Now, some of y'all need to hear this and watching online. And it, it, you, you've been tempted because you, you've been reminded of everything you've done. And, and what people told you you did, they were right to tell you because that's what you did. But they forgot about including Jesus, the one who was resurrected and is still in the resurrection business today. Resurrecting your dead life, your dead dreams, your dead hopes. He's raising you up. I talk to myself. I even answer myself. I have conversations with me. And you say, he is really mentally ill. No, I'm mentally well. If you read the Psalms, David talked to himself. One of the greatest kings ever, if not the greatest, he talked to himself. And we were told if we talk to ourselves, we're sick. And if you answer yourself, there's no hope. I have arguments with myself. Every now and then, that was so stupid, Mark. And I turn around and say, no, that wasn't. Don't beat yourself up, but I'm going to. No, you're not. I'm helping you learn how to have a conversation with you. That way it never leaves the room. <laughs> you tell somebody else something, and, and I'm going to promise you, you can tell, don't tell anybody. You have just empowered them to tell everybody. 
People cannot keep secrets. Look, I can't tell anybody, so I'm going to tell you, but don't tell anybody else. It'll get back to you in a week. And I'm telling you, it'll be worse than anything you ever did. They embellish. And so what I had to realize in my life was that the culture in which I was raised, I had wonderful parents. I mean, they were far from perfect. They grew up poor. We grew up semi-poor. And, and uh, you know, I, I, could, I could have gotten mad and said, well, you know, why didn't you introduce me to a better life? Why didn't you dream bigger? But they did the best they could. And what I've had to realize in life is when I look at people that I disagree with, I can look at them and I can, I can put it on them or I can say that's just how they're acting. That's not who they are. Because that's not who everybody... The, your, your wife is not your problem. You women are even afraid to say amen. If I was a woman, I'd stand up with a hanky. That's right. Did you hear him? I am not your problem. <laughs> I'm just telling you guys, when, when God made men and women, we are so radically different in a world that doesn't want us to be. Men are like, where's the cave in the club? <laughs> women, thank God for you. I really do thank God for you. We, we, we need you. We really do. We are just one step above dumb without you. We really are. Men, I'm, 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 I'm giving you every opportunity to go home and say, he was so right. But what I realized is, is how much I desperately need God. And I, I didn't realize that because I did so many things well. I realize how desperate I am to need God because of all the things I've done wrong. And that I'm okay with that. I, it, during, in 2014, the, the, the year that was supposed to be ruined my life forever, it, and it, it appeared as though it would, I, uh, I decided to write down all of these. This is like single-spaced, two pages and another, of things I learned during that season in my life. One of the things I learned was that, that I was screwed up. It didn't take a lot of revelation, quite frankly. I mean, a first grader could have figured that one out. But then what I figured out was that I was screwed up, and it was okay if you knew I was screwed up. See, we all, Facebook has made it possible for us to all look like superheroes. Anybody who goes on Facebook, and not everybody, because there are some really legitimate people that, that really post some really kind things, but most everybody who posts stuff about their marriage and relationship, I look and go, I talked to you yesterday, and you told me she was an idiot. I'm not speaking to anyone in this crowd. Because some of y'all go, how did he know that? But we, we live our lives in such a way that, that we care so much about how people perceive us that we lose touch with who we really are. I am a redneck from the west side of Tulsa, Oklahoma, where nobody's going to visit intentionally. Well, before I die, i got to go to Berry Hill. Yeah, I hear good things. No, you don't. And so I could live my whole life in, in, in that tunnel, in that perceived place this is who I am this is all I'm ever going to be 
But for some reason, God had a plan, and, and I decided that, that you know, I, I made a decision because Susan and I have nine kids. We hate Christmas. I hate every holiday, every birthday. It's like, dear God, we're a walking, living, breathing ATM. And then you try to, you try to tell throughout the year, nine kids, how wonderful they are. It's impossible because you say one thing about one of them, they read it, and you didn't say that about me. We just decided, y'all can think what you want. We don't post anything on it. <laughs> it's like, because half the time, if I would, I think I just told her yesterday how dumb she was. Or she told me. And, and I, it's okay, but here's the deal. We're creating a public persona, a perception in people's minds that we have no problems. I love it when people actually address things in, a, in an authentic way. I don't want to know too much. People who take uh, pictures of, of massive incisions where they had surgery, please don't. I don't need to see how gross you are. I mean, I don't like stitches. I don't like blood. And so when you post things like that, I'm just kind of going, really? An old friend of mine posted something on Facebook. I'm going to get in trouble right now, but I'm going there anyway. He's putting his dog down, and it shows him at the vet with his dog and the IV in there, and he's going going to heaven. I want to go, what? And I, I like dogs. I like pets. I'm just trying to provoke some of you right now to say, please, you know, I don't need to know everything like that. That you had a boil removed off your back. Yeah, see there, huh? That wasn't even a picture. That was just a word picture, and it grossed you out. <laughs> Point made. So what I... My hope in this brief series is that our perception of God changes and that our perception of who we can become changes, that our perception of other people changes. You know, we're living in a world where, and and I'm going to cautiously address this, but there's just a lot of confusion uh, gender confusion in our world, and, and, and there's so much anger and discussion about it. And I try to gently let everybody know our job is really not to ask why. Our job is to ask what. God, what do you want me to do, and how can I love people that, that may appear? And I, I know you say, well, I'm not confused. Well, you, you might actually be confused. And yet we're living in that world, and we can hate it, and we can hate those who are struggling with it, or we can choose to love everybody. Just because you love somebody doesn't mean you agree with them. And see, that's the perception of, of the, the religious sect that we live in, the, the churches that so well, if you love them and you're seen with them, that means you agree with them. Jesus was seen with people that you and I wouldn't hang out with. He's got a naughty woman washing his feet. That's as politely as it's going to get said. Can you imagine the disciples going, oh, my gosh. She's touching the feet of the Savior. Shame on him. Because that would be the perception. And But Jesus majored in not 
not letting perceptions of the world keep him from loving the world. No, listen, I'm telling you, there were people that, that uh, the reason people wouldn't talk to me is I was so different than the Christian nerds, I mean people. Because that's what you, in high school, if you're hanging out with Christians, you're like, you're one of them. Because, you know, they were all clean cut and everything, and I looked like Peter Frampton. Long curly hair, not sure what happened. Wouldn't it be cool if God let your hair grow long and stopped it growing out your ears when you got older? And I mean, I'm telling you, you can have an ear hair that grows an inch overnight. And it's like embarrassing. It's like, honey, that's why I tell my wife, I said, you're responsible for this. I mean, when I was a kid, I saw old people and they had eyebrows, eyelashes going out to here. Can't you see that? Well, failing to even think about someday that would be me. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but it, it, it just worked for a moment. But <laughs> perception, we're all worried about what people think and what people say and all of those things. And, and what, what happens is that we begin to embrace the criticisms and the opinions and the doubt and of other people. And, and you'll never amount to anything. And people measure you by your GPA. And they measure you by your height, your weight, your width, and all of those things. And you're measured in this world and, and determine how you can or cannot succeed. And, and, and you know, you, you, I look back and one of the, I was, used to be an NBA fan pretty big time. And Allen Iverson was just a little bitty guy. And I always wanted to watch Allen play basketball. And, and so one time I was in San Antonio, and he was playing with Philadelphia. And I'll never forget, I got tickets because I just wanted to see him. Here's this little guy that is just driving everybody crazy because he never allowed the size of his stature to determine the future of his life. And, and you can like Allen or not like him, but I had respect for the guy because the perception of most people was you can't ever make it in the NBA. You can't play because you're not, you're not tall enough. You're not big enough. Allen overcame that by saying, yeah, but I'll be quick enough, and you can't catch me. Five of you can't keep up with me. And so your perception will determine your movement. If you perceive yourself as unable, you will be unable. If you perceive yourself as dumb, you will be dumb. But there is intelligence in that brain that have gone unchallenged in your life that if you will just realize, I can change the way I live by changing the way I think, changing the words that I speak. I am now able to be around some people that I wasn't able to be around when I didn't understand what I'm talking to you about right now. If somebody says something about me that is negative, their criticism of me, I can overcome it. Now, you're not going to hang out with me for very long because I would probably sin and want to reach out and touch somebody. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to say that. I'm a pastor. There's still a lot of Mark Crow and Mark Crow Holy Spirit's trying to take over. <laughs> I have to address myself and say, Mark, shut up and sit down. Holy Spirit, come on. But 
I can be criticized now. I can be judged now. It doesn't feel good, but my perception of God has empowered me to address the perceptions of man, the criticisms of others, the judgments of others. And every Sunday that I preach and every time somebody watches online, every now and then I get a, a ta- tacky response from somebody. And, and I, you know what I do now? It used to bother me. Now it's called delete and report. And block. It's a wonderful thing. I don't message them back. I'm so sorry you feel that way. I'm so sorry I said that. No, I want to text back and say, you're so dumb. Why would you even say that about me? You don't know me. But instead, I just delete, report, and block. If you remember nothing else today, those are three great points. There are people that you need to delete in your life. I didn't say kill. I said delete. Don't report even. Just delete. Because some of y'all hanging out with people, that they belong in junk mail. They're not contributing one thing to your life. I want to be around people who contribute to who God made me to be and what he wants me to do. And I, I, I mean, I could create a perception that might make them want to do that, or I can be authentic enough to say, this is who I am. Now, listen to me. I've heard people say this. Look, I am who I am. Just accept me for who I am. Well, that's just dumb because you're better than who you are. So I don't expect, you know, I could say, well, this is just who I am. Take it or leave it. You know, that's that John Wayne macho thing. I can say, you know, I accept you for who you are, but I believe you're better than who you are. You can accept me for who I am, but I believe I'm better than who I am. The Bible says we're going from glory to glory. A stagnant Christian life is really not an exciting life. That's the reason a lot of people quit on God is because they're not challenged. When you come to Mosaic, you'll be challenged because you'll have to love me through all the stuff I say. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. And you don't want to talk about me at lunch because I'm really not worth it. You know, people, but if you do talk about me, it makes me feel good, really, because I'm thinking they're thinking about me. It doesn't matter if you say anything bad. I think I'm popular in their mind. There are so many ways to shift your perception of, of what people think and what people say. And, and I, I, I'm so thrilled. And these are some of the things I, I did learn. It's okay that you know I'm screwed up. It's one of the things I learned. I learned the true meaning of mercy triumphs over judgment. I learned that nobody owes me anything. I learned the power of love. I learned how precious the gift of love, grace, and mercy are. I've learned that worry is a waste of time. I have learned how difficult it is not to worry. <laughs> I, I just These are just about a hundred and some things I said when I was, I've learned that only God can protect me from me, not from you. If God can protect me from me, you don't even count. Think about it. Because I'm the one that would allow your opinion of me to stop me from his opinion. So if God can protect me from me, I don't worry about you. So if you're trying to get somebody to like you, and I've heard people say, I, I've done everything, why don't you like me? Because you're doing everything to get me to like you. Let people like you for who you are. Be who you are. 
Not everybody's going to like you. I'm so sorry to tell you that because some of you are under the illusion that everybody should like you. I'm under no illusion as a pastor. Some of you come every week and you don't even like me. I, I don't know. I, I just know that. You say, and you, you're sitting there now. Who told him? It could be really disturbing to me if I cared. I like it that you like me, at least 90% of you. And the other 10%, thank you for being here. It helps me to overcome. Please keep coming. Invite your friends. We'll have a we don't like Mark section. And I will look straight at you and preach to you, and, and we'll all grow. Life is too short to worry about what everybody else is thinking about you, saying about you. And, and, and I'm not saying that to minimize who they are, but I'm saying that to maximize who God is. Because I've realized this, God loves me so radically, so unconditionally, even when I get upset in traffic. So, I mean, I'm pretty good. I'm getting better. I, I'd love to tell you that one day and I'll overcome, and it'll probably be the day that I die or I'm raptured. I don't have a bumper sticker or anything that says mosaic on my car, and there's a reason for that. I'm trying to pastor a city, and I can ruin that in one day. And, and those of you that, that can put a sticker on, please do, because some of y'all are really nice, and you don't care if people run over you. I'm not one of those. And so oftentimes when people do stupid things, I'll, I'll pull up beside them and Susan will go, Mark, and I go, I'm just seeing if they're texting. <laughs> it's just keeping it kind of real when really most of the time I want them to see the fury like, you are so dumb. I have learned that I am capable of more evil than I thought. That's not something you'll hear much today. You are all capable. We are all capable. Do you realize, then Jesse would tell you this, that there are people who are incarcerated for life who made one very bad decision. One. Just one. They were capable of an evil that they did not plan to live out. And as long as I can remember that, it helps me to check that. Do you see what I'm saying? So we don't want to say that because in admitting that, it comes off like that we are evil. I said, no, I'm capable of it. You wouldn't think Adam and Eve were capable. I mean, they had everything. They didn't even have to go clothes shopping. Every man's dream. Ah, y'all are sick. I'm just talking about spending money. This is a slippery slope. Where are the skis? I've learned that I'm weaker than I thought. I've also learned I'm stronger than I thought. I've also learned that weakness is strength in God's economy. He said, for when I am weak, Paul said, he is strong. See, men don't like to say they're weak. 
And I'm not just talking physically. I'm talking in any way. But what I realized, my weakness is real currency in God's economy. And that it gives him a chance to be strong in my weakness. I've learned that it's okay to cry in public. It freaks people out. Have you ever noticed when somebody cries, it's, people don't know what to do? Honey, get a tissue. What's wrong? We freak out. When people cry, we don't know how to handle it. I, 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 I've been preaching before and just started crying. I, I was in a pastor's conference in Europe, and I just started crying. I thought, how do I explain this? <laughs> I really am a man. Weep, weep. Because where I grew up, you could have your half your leg hanging off and say, all right, I'll get it tomorrow. Get the bailing wire and duct tape. Yeah, and you're an idiot. Sepsis, infection. No, I'll be all right. I'm a man. <laughs> your perception of you is totally wrong there. I've learned to be less politically correct yeah, you know that if you've been coming here any time at all. <laughs> yeah, that filter's gone. I've learned that I'm solely responsible for my feelings. I'm responsible. And you know what? What I feel is okay. See, some of you beat yourself up. I shouldn't feel this way. Well, maybe you should because maybe there's a lesson in that emotion. Another thing I've learned is it's okay to validate other people's feelings that I disagree with because your feelings are valid. If somebody says, I feel hurt, I go, oh, you, this happens all the time, especially with men and women. Men go, oh, you should be able to handle that. Your wife says, well, I, I feel very hurt. You ought to look and say, I'm so sorry you feel hurt. Even though what you said shouldn't have hurt her in your opinion, you hurt her. And in doing so, you need to look and say, I am sorry that you feel that way because that feeling is real whether you think it's stupid or not. I've learned that. Never done that before growing up. It's like, suck it up, buttercup. That's how I was brought up. I had no idea how to validate a feeling. As a matter of fact, I only knew one emotion, and that was anger. Yeah, some men are going, dear God, I wish he'd shut up. But did you realize that anger is a secondary emotion? It's not a primary emotion. You say, what do you mean by that? Anybody who tells you they're angry, all you have to do is ask one question. Why are you angry? Then they'll say, well, you, you neglected me. You rejected me. You hurt me. You frustrated me. Those are primary emotions that give birth to anger. So anger is uh, an emotion that is prompted by something deeper. And we never go deeper. We just let the anger play out or we let it go unaddressed. But the reality, if you are an angry human being, it may be you were abused as a child. You were neglected as a child. Your mama didn't love you. Your daddy left you. All of those things. You say, well, I can't let anybody know I hurt. Let me tell you something. I learned something in my life during the hardest time of my life that it was okay to feel and have emotions. And it wasn't just for women. It was for men as well. We have judged women for having emotions, and I thank God for women who have emotions. I don't always know how to deal with them, but I always know they're valid. Because women are not afraid to cry, and you shouldn't either if you're a man. And you say, well, my wife won't respect me. She already doesn't. 
kind of, maybe. That probably came out a little stronger than it should have. She's, yeah, we're going to have a marriage conference next week. What I'm saying is, if she cannot respect you because you're crying, she really doesn't respect you. As a matter of fact, she will probably respect you more for actually showing how you're feeling. Hello, help me out, women. Give me some help up in here. I learned that, and I didn't know that. It's embarrassing. If, you, if I cared, it would be terribly embarrassing that I'm telling you at my age, I did not get that. I thought I had to be strong. I thought I had to be perfect. I thought I had to be protecting. And all I really realize now is your female spouse, if she's truly a female, Jesse's still upright. I'm good. <laughs> She's going to thank you for having a feeling, an emotion, being real, being authentic, not just saying, I'm mad at you, saying, let me tell you, I feel like you rejected me. You hurt me. And when you say that, to some degree, you are empowering that person you're you're talking to, but let me tell you what, you're empowering more yourself than you are them because you're being authentic and you can handle how you're feeling even if somebody else can't. I've learned to slow down and drink in minutes instead of chasing after hours. I've learned the importance and the value of the moment in which I'm living. I was always in pursuit of something else, something better. I've learned to appreciate the good things in life instead of, instead of thinking that more good things are necessary for more satisfaction. You need to be happy where you are. You need to be thrilled with where you are. You need to love where you are. You need to enjoy this moment. I chased after hours. I chased after months. I chased after dreams. And those things almost killed me. I won't do that anymore because I've realized I'm chasing something I will never catch. If I'm not satisfied with what I have, what makes me think I'll be satisfied with something I don't currently have? Perception. Some of you perceive yourself in a way that God doesn't perceive you. That's why your soul is in conflict is because you were created in his image and likeness. And inside you, there's this thing how God perceives you as fearfully and wonderfully made as the apple of his eye. That's God's perception of you. He doesn't see you through your sin. He sees you through the blood of his son. And when you can't see that, you're at conflict with your creator. Not that you hate him and he would never hate you, but because he sees you differently than you see you. So when I look at Mark Crow in the mirror, it's not arrogance to say, I am so righteous in the sight of God because of his son. I'm so loved by God because he is love. I am so forgiven by God because he knew I would screw up. I am so at his mercy because mercy triumphs over even his judgment of me. Let God be God. Let him be God in your life. Don't just let him be God in this world. Let him be God in your life. He knows every mistake you're going to make. He knows that he can empower you not to make that, but sometimes we choose to go our own way and do our own thing. 
And when we do, he loves us enough. Matter of fact, the Bible says he disciplines those that he loves. One of the things I learned as well was in the midst of my darkest time, the discipline I was experiencing wasn't because of his anger. It was because of his love. So when you're disciplined by God, God's not mad at you. The reason you're being disciplined is because he loves you and he believes there's so much more in you and he wants you to believe that. Let it happen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your great patience, your mercy, your love, your grace. Lord, I thank you today for all the people watching this online, all the people watching in-house. I praise you, God, that you in some way might use this message to, to, to help the broken be put back together. Those who have perceived themselves as failures, always coming up short, always being the black sheep of the family, whatever it might be, Lord, I pray that they would see differently their perception of who you are and perception of who you made them to be would be different than what's held them back. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Uh, there are those of you that have never accepted Christ and what I've said today is foreign to you because all you've ever heard from religious people is behave, don't make mistakes, do everything right. All you've ever heard from religion is how bad you are. And God today is telling you how wonderful you are. No matter what you've done, God's not looking at what you've done. He's looking at who he made you to be. He's looking at you as one of his children. And maybe you haven't come home. Maybe you haven't embraced the Father. Maybe you haven't done that. But today you can embrace him because he's had his arms wide open for you your entire life. It's time for you to step into those loving arms and let him just love you. Not because you're so good and awesome and you're perfect and you've done everything right. That's not what God's looking for. He's looking at the broken pieces of humanity, not the perfect people of humanity. Because there are none. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you say, that's, that's me, would you please pray for me? I want to ask you to slip your hand up and put it right back down. Just say, Mark, that's me. I need prayer today. I need help. Yes, thank you. Are there are others. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else. I just want you to be able to, to just lift it up to God and say, God, that's me. That's my problem. Okay. Let's all pray this prayer. Those of you watching online, live, and those of you watching the recording of this, please pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for loving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to text the word SAVED to 405-513-10. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.